Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. Hello, Ivy Church. Hello, Ivy Church. Welcome to Ivy Church. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. It is great to be with you today. My name is Tim and I'm part of the team here at Ivy. If you're joining us for the first time, maybe you're here because last weekend you were at Festival Manchester. What an amazing weekend that was. Maybe you made a decision to follow Jesus or you're here because you wanna find out more. Either way, it is fantastic to see you. Let me tell you a story. I have recently had to decide to stop looking at Facebook or BBC News before I go to bed. What I find is, is that after I've sent my last few WhatsApp messages of the day, I think I'll just go for a quick scroll and see what's going on in the world. And it always ends badly because there will always be something that will make me feel a little bit annoyed, a little bit anxious, or a little bit wound up. It means I can't sleep. And yet I keep doing it. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Well, it turns out this is a thing, okay? I just happened to listen to a Radio 4 program this week called All In The Mind. And they were talking about a term called doom scrolling. It's a term that became popular during COVID to describe the habit of continually going back to bad news again and again and again. So I wonder, have we got any doom scrollers here? The problem is that for people addicted to bad news, they report much higher levels of anxiety and even memory lapses. What I found as well is that even when you think that some things would be good news, take a little scroll through the comments and soon enough, you'll find that someone thinks this is actually really bad news. Whether it's politics, climate change, or the cost of living, it feels like even as we've got over one thing, like three more things appear. It's not surprising that a recent Reuters survey showed that 37% of people always or sometimes avoid reading the news. I wonder, is that you? Apparently, that's up 25% from 2017. Well, I've got good news for you today, and it's such good news that I have to share it with you. Listen, if the war in Ukraine came to an end right now, you'd want to know, right? Or if inflation dropped back down to 1%, or energy prices were slashed, you'd be blasting it all over Facebook, right? Well, we've got the good news that makes all the difference in a world full of bad news. And this good news is all about God. That's why we share it here at Ivy Church. Now, we're in a series here called The Discipleship Pathway. You might be thinking, Tim, what is a discipleship pathway when it's at home? It's very simple. A disciple is a person who is discovering who Jesus is and what it means to follow him. Discipleship is how we go on that journey to become more like him. And for us here at Ivy, there are five key stages. Number one, discover. How do we discover people and help them discover Jesus? This is where it all begins. Maybe you've just discovered Jesus for yourself. Let us know and we can celebrate this with you. The second step is deliver. How do we help people who have discovered Jesus begin a new spiritual life and find out all that God has got for you? Devote is the next step after deliver. How can we help people become devoted to Jesus and one another. Then develop. How do the devoted get developed so that they can use their God-given gifts wherever they are to make a difference? And finally, deploy. 
How can we help people that have been developed to go into their world to help people find their way back to God and discover the good news of Jesus? Now, I had the great privilege of looking after Discover, the first step on the pathway. Discover is all about how we can help people discover the good news of Jesus. And over the last 18 months or so as I've been doing this job, there's one passage in the Bible that keeps coming back to me again and again as I think about Discover. It comes from the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah, chapter 52, verses seven to eight. Let me read it for you. It says this, "'How beautiful on the mountain "'are the feet of those who bring good news.'" Everyone say good news. "'Who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, "'who proclaim salvation, and who say to Zion, "'Your God reigns.'" Listen. Your watchmen will lift up their voices. Together they will shout for joy, for every eye will see when the Lord returns to Zion. The picture in this passage is of a lookout standing on the wall of a city, eagerly waiting to find out whether a messenger is bringing good news or bad news after a battle. When the messenger comes bringing good news of victory, it's like they're so happy, like even your feet are beautiful. Personally, I think feet are kind of gross. But anyway, I wonder, have you ever felt like that when someone told you good news? Ever felt so happy that you're like, I could literally kiss you right now? So if you want to have beautiful feet, you don't need a pedicure, just be a bringer of good news. And that's what we're all about. In the Bible, we find the word gospel. It literally means good news. And it's the good news of Jesus. So maybe you're thinking and you're listening and you're like, but Tim, what is the good news? Maybe you think you already know, in which case it's good to be reminded because we're not being bombarded with the good news every day and we need to bombard ourselves with this good news because it changes everything. So I have four things from this passage and they all begin with G. And I hope that my feet will become more beautiful to you as I start to go through them. So the first G is this, God is glorious. So I don't need to be afraid of anyone or anything. The first thing it says in this passage is that it's a message of peace. God wants you to have peace today. The word anxiety literally means to be pulled in different directions. I wonder, have you ever felt so overwhelmed by everything that's going on that you don't even know what to think, what to do or where to start and you're doom scrolling your way through life? I know that well. I ask my wife, Becky, sometimes what she's thinking about. If she says to me, I don't know, I've come to understand. It means that everything is wrong. From the fact that I forgot to cook the pasta for Freddie's tea, all the way through to the car needs major work. Now, the word glory in the Bible literally means weight. This, it means that if something glorious, it carries weight. The challenge is that we give so much weight to the opinions of other people or what is going on around us, and that can be overwhelming, as if God is a lightweight. But only God is ultimately glorious. He's the creator of the whole universe. I did a physics degree, and I can tell you, the universe is a pretty big place. The Bible tells us that God knows the names of each star, and there are billions of them. You see, God is a super heavyweight, glorious God, and He's in your corner. Because of that, the good news is really only his opinion matters. We're made by him and no one knows us better or loves us more than he does. Everything else pales in comparison compared to him. God is glorious. So I don't need to be afraid of anyone 
or anything. The second is this, God is good. So I don't need to look for satisfaction elsewhere. The passage says that God's messengers bring good tidings. Now, when something is good, it means it's like high quality. It doesn't disappoint and it satisfies our deepest needs. Our whole lives are spent pursuing things that we believe are good for us because we believe that they will meet our deepest needs. The reality is that our natural inclination, however, is to look for these things everywhere except God. We pursue money, sex, power, achievement, possessions. But in my experience, the joy we get from these things are so short-lived. They never really satisfy, not for long anyway. And you just find yourself needing more and more and more. I wonder if you resonate with that experience. Psalm 100 verse 5 says this, The Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues throughout all generations. The good news is that God is good. Everything we need is found in him. His goodness knows no end. It lasts forever. It never runs out. So we don't need to keep chasing it in all the places that promise so much, but in the end, only let us down. God is good. So I don't need to look for satisfaction elsewhere. Thirdly, God is gracious, so I don't need to prove anything. When the messenger comes, they proclaim salvation. It means rescue has come. In our culture, we've convinced ourselves that everyone is naturally good. The problem is that, is that while it may make us feel better about ourselves, it doesn't reflect reality. I remember when I was living in London, I just lived by whatever made me feel good. I didn't really know any other way of living. And I had a lot of fun. But at the same time, I had this kind of, I don't know, like a nagging, underlying feeling that something wasn't quite right. And I tried to ignore it or say to myself, but I'm not a bad person. It made me feel better for a little while, but not very long. And I tried to make changes in my life or make resolutions to stop doing things or start doing things, but I just couldn't keep up for very long. The Bible tells us that we all have sin in our lives. We do things that hurt God, hurt ourselves and hurt others because we think we know better than God. We want things our own way. And so we turn our back on him. That's the bad news. But the good news is this. God has never turned his back on us. God has never turned his back on you. God is the God of salvation. He is the God of forgiveness because he is the God of unending, unconditional love. That's why I love that the third G is God is gracious because grace is an undeserved gift. We don't deserve God's love and yet he loves us more than our wildest imaginations could conceive. That ultimate statement of his unconditional love is that he gave himself up for us through his son, Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that when Jesus was killed by being nailed to a cross, our ultimate rejection of God, he said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. We can't do anything about our sin, but we don't need to because God has done everything that needs to be done already. There is no limit to the grace, kindness, forgiveness and love of God. It never runs out. So whoever you are, whatever you've done, if you need his grace, you can come to him today and receive it. That's what salvation is. Coming to Jesus, receiving his love, his kindness, his forgiveness, his acceptance, and beginning a new life that lasts forever. We all need that. When we've received this grace, 
It means you don't have to beat yourself up over what others think any longer. Better than that, it means we don't need to beat ourselves up over what we think of ourselves any longer. He knows everything about us and he loves us and will never stop loving us. You've got nothing to prove because the person that knows you better than anyone else loves you more than anyone else. So much so that he gave his life for you. Honestly, I really struggle with this. I feel like I live with a little voice inside my head that is constantly telling me I'm not good enough. I should try harder. I should do better. And when I make a mistake, I find myself punishing myself for it over and over again. After I became a follower of Jesus, I think I must have thought, well, I can't do anything wrong now. I mustn't blow it. But then inevitably, I have messed up loads of times and I can easily fall into the mindset of thinking, well, I just have to try harder. Or I go back to trying to change myself, to make myself better, to make resolutions that I can't keep. But God knows it already and he loves me. And because he's gracious, he can help me. So instead of trying harder, all I need to do is go back to the cross where Jesus died for me. He isn't holding anything against me but has come to set me free. He isn't punishing me, so I don't need to punish myself. He has forgiven me, so I can forgive myself. So that's the third G. God is gracious, so I don't need to prove anything. The final G is this. God is great, so I don't need to be in control. The final part of the good news the messengers bring in this passage with their beautiful feet is this. Your God reigns. There is a king who is ultimately in control. His name is Jesus. He is great and there is no one greater than him. The Bible tells us that he sets up kings and kingdoms and pulls them down. Whether that's obvious or not, God is in control. The challenge is this. We try to control everything. Think about your own life, our relationships, careers, what other people think of us, our bosses, our staff, our wives, our children. But if anything in the last two years has shown us is that there is so much that we're not in control of. We're not really the masters of our own destiny as we've been taught to believe. I wonder, how do you feel when you're not in control? That's pretty scary, right? Uh, Let me give an example. I literally cannot stand being a passenger in someone else's car. The good news is God is in control, so we don't have to be. Let him drive. You might say, Tim, how can I know this for sure? The moment that Jesus died on the cross is the moment when it appeared that God was totally weak, powerless and useless. It seemed that God was nowhere. It seemed like God had been defeated. It seemed like evil had triumphed, but it hadn't because three days later, Jesus rose from the dead. The moment of greatest evil, God worked for our greatest good. God is in control. And it says in Romans 8, In the New Testament, God is able to work all things together for the good of those who love him. So whatever is going on in your life right now, it might feel like the most awful thing to ever happen to you. Wherever you feel tempted to try and take control, maybe you feel anxious or scared because things feel out of control, the good news is this. You can let go and allow God to take it because God is great. So you don't need to be in control. Let me summarise what the good news is all about. Number one, God is glorious. So we don't need to be afraid of anything or anyone. God is good, so we don't need to look for satisfaction elsewhere. God is gracious, so we don't need to prove anything. And God is great, so we don't need to be in control. 
Write them down, take a photo, stick it on your wall, remind yourself every day, say them out loud. I often use them as a prayer. Now, this passage finishes by saying that all people will see when the Lord returns. And this is the good news that really brings the whole thing together, all of these Gs, that not only is God real, but God has come. You see, when we're talking about discover, it begins with understanding that God has come to discover us. And it's because of that that we can discover him. Before you ever had a thought about God, he has been thinking about you. God does not want you to be in any doubt about who he is or what he is like so he has come, so that you can know him too. If you're wondering what God is like, look at Jesus. He knows you and he loves you. That's why here at Ivy Church, we're all about helping people find their way back to God because this is the best news that any person will ever hear. And it's the good news we need to hear again and again and again and again because everything changes in our lives when we believe it. So if you're a person here who already knows the good news, then it's really simple. Your job is to share it with others because there's a whole world out there waiting to discover the good news of Jesus. I want to finish with a story and then we'll close. When Becky and I moved to Reddish, we did a few prayer walks around our neighbourhood and we were simply asking God to lead us to the people who need to hear good news. A few weeks later, we went for a walk down our local high street to get a couple of things. As I was walking into a shop, the owner of the shop next door came out and uh, Becky got chatting to him. A few minutes later, when I came out of the shop, Becky was still talking to him. Now, it was a very general conversation about the weather and COVID and how business was going. And after half an hour or so, the conversation seemed to kind of conclude. So Becky and I said to him, it's been great to meet you. Um, we're Christians and believe that God loves you. So just wondered if there's anything that we could pray for for you. Although he didn't really say much at the time, it turned out later that he'd been really struggling with his mental health and had been in a very low place for several months. We simply prayed for him and he seemed interested in finding out more. So I offered to come back again and, and chat more. I came back a few days later and brought him a Bible and said, why don't you start with Mark's account of Jesus' life? And I came back a few days later and he'd read the whole of Mark, the whole of Luke and was halfway through John. In the end, he read the whole thing in five months. Now he has changed so much. He is now one of the most relaxed, joyful and peaceful people that we know. And he can't stop telling people about the amazing difference that Jesus has made in his life because it is good news. Recently, he told me that the day before we met him, he had got on his knees in the shop and said, God, if you are real, I need you. Give me a sign that you're there. Friends, this is the good news about God. God is glorious, so you don't need to be afraid of anyone or anything. God is good, so you don't need to look elsewhere for satisfaction. God is gracious, so you've got nothing to prove. God is great, so you don't need to be in control. And God has come to us through his son, Jesus Christ, who lived and died for us so that we could discover him, receive his love and forgiveness and the gift of a new life that lasts forever. And so I wonder, as I finish now, what is your next step? If you're here today and you'd like to come to Jesus, to turn to him, to ask him to come into your life, then in a moment, I'm gonna pray a simple prayer. Maybe you've done that already and you want to find out 
more about what it means to follow Jesus, then we're starting a three-week course just for you called Knowing, Growing, Going, all about how you can know God, grow in faith, and go into your world to make a difference. If you want to find out more about that, check out the website to find out more how you can do that. Finally, if you know the good news, who do you need to tell? Where are those opportunities going to come this week? Let's pray. And I said that if you're someone who has never made that decision to follow Jesus and invited him to come into your life, maybe you've been at Festival Manchester and you went forward, but you want more. Or maybe you've been following Jesus for a long time, but you've kind of wandered away and you want to come back to him then I'm going to use those four Gs as a really simple prayer. And I want to ask you, would you pray with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me. Thank you that you know me. Thank you that you are glorious. So I don't need to be afraid of anyone or anything. Thank you that you are good so I don't need to look for satisfaction elsewhere. Show me your goodness. Come into my life. Thank you that you are gracious, that you're not holding anything against me, but lived and died for me so that through you, I could re receive forgiveness, your kindness, and the gift of a new life. Thank you that you are great, so I don't need to be in control. And I ask, Lord, would you be in the driving seat of my life? No longer do I want it to be about me, but about you. Lead me into the fullness of everything that you've got for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Delaney, I'd love to welcome you to Ivy Church. Do check out the website, click on a few buttons, look at some previous teaching and some of the other things that we've been involved with. And why not plan to join us soon at one of our locations? Join a grow group, do the alpha course and figure out for yourself what it is that Christians believe. Or if you've got anything we can pray about, be in touch, press the contact button so that you can email us, let us know about you and how we hope you can be part of us. Come and join us at Ivy Church.